Welcome to WPCast, the professional WordPress podcast for WordPress entrepreneurs. I'm Doug. And I'm David. And this is episode six, our essential WordPress plugin stack. So let's move on to the change log. Doug, what's been going on? So new change to the website, wpcast.fm. We've added a plugin for SpeakPipe. This basically allows anybody to leave us a voicemail from the website. We encourage anybody that has any questions to leave that on, on our voicemail, and we'll try to address it in the show. Yeah, it's super easy. You just go to the website, and you hit the record button, and you can listen to your message before you hit send. So if you say something stupid, you can always decide to not send it. So it's worth a try. I saw it on some other site recently, and I thought it would be a pretty cool idea. And SpeakPipe is actually completely free, right? Yeah, I think it's up to a certain amount of storage ah, or okay. uh, message length. So most usage, I think it, it'll be uh, in the free level. Yeah. So quick tip also, if you're a podcaster yourself, it might be worth adding SpeakPipe to your site. All right. What have you been up to, David? couple exciting things going on here over at FatCat Apps. So first of all, we finally launched a new version of Easy Pricing Tables. So that's Easy Pricing Tables Premium 1.8 and Easy Pricing Tables Free 1.6. And a pretty big often requested feature that we've just added with this new version is until recently our pricing tables sometimes had alignment issues when uh, one cell had a lot more content than the other cell right next to it and basically the whole table ended up being out of alignment and now we've added a javascript library that fixes that and you know people can target the setting as well so if they don't want to add the extra javascript and if they don't have alignment issues they can just disable the feature so it's not going to impact their load time so I think that's pretty cool. There's a couple other small features with the premium version as well. Like we've added a custom CSS editor and a bunch of other minor improvements. The other thing that's going on is we've been making a lot of progress with both of our upcoming plugins. One of them is a Ninja Forms Zapier integration. So basically that's going to allow you to integrate the free Ninja Forms contact form plugin with up to 300 or so services using Zapier. And the other one is the email marketing plugin that I've mentioned before, which is going to make it easy to create nice looking email opt-in boxes in the sidebar. And we are actually looking for beta testers right now. So if you're interested in trying out either of those plugins, just shoot me an email at david at wpcast.fm. Great. So let's get on to the core of this week's episode. We're going to talk about some common plugins that we install on new sites. The first thing on our list here is commenting plugins. And as you probably know, if you install a new WordPress site, you have to do something because otherwise your site's going to be overrun by spam comments. So what I would recommend and what I do on all of my site is to install Discuss. And we've talked about Discuss in the previous episodes already, but basically what Discuss allows you to do is you install the plugin and you use the completely free Discuss service and it's going to replace the built-in WordPress comments by Discuss comments, which make it easier for users to leave comments. So you should usually see an increase in uh, comments and there's a couple other uh, benefits as well. So I would highly recommend that. But Doug, you've got another recommendation here as well, right? If you're not using Discuss and you're using comments on your own site, like the native WordPress commenting system, then you'll probably want to use some kind of spam filter. And the one that I recommend is called Anti-Spam B. Basically, it's it's a free plugin and there's a lot of options. So you do have to do a little bit of configuration. But I found it to be a lot more accurate than Akismet. 
And you also don't have to set up a separate account and it's a lot faster to set up. Interesting. There are certain benefits to keeping the WordPress commenting system. For example, it's probably going to, you know, look, it might look better or it might fit in better with the entire look and feel of your site. Or another one is, you know, say you've got a plugin installed that lets commenters give them the option by checking a checkbox if they want to be added to the email list or something like that. So unfortunately, you can't do any of that with Discuss. So there are certain benefits to that. Yeah. The other issue with Discuss is that it does impact your load time. And there's really not a way around it because the comments are hosted outside of your site. So you have less control over how the comments are processed. Yeah. But it still seems that the Discuss commenting system is usually the last thing that loads. So at least it doesn't really seem to severely impact the load time of the rest of the page. Yeah, it's usually a worthwhile trade-off for ease of use. Sure. So the next thing on our list is social sharing. Doug, what's your recommendation here? So there's a plugin that I use. It's called Socialize. And there's a lot of different social sharing plugins with very similar names. But this one I like because it gives you a lot more control over the customization of how you want the buttons to appear. Most of the other social sharing plugins don't give you a lot of control over which buttons to use. And a lot of times you may find that the design doesn't just doesn't fit or you may not be able to choose which buttons to display. So Socialize gives you a lot more options and it also has an option for setting call to action boxes mm. at the bottom of your pages and posts, which I find pretty pretty useful. That's cool. So what I've done on my personal site is I've removed the social sharing buttons and there's a bit of a discussion going on right now in the design and UX and UI world about those social media buttons and if they are bad user interface design in the first place. Because what happened on smartphones is that Android and iOS now let you share stuff straight from the operating system. So lots of people are talking how, you know, it might be good if eventually browsers would integrate that feature. And I personally have um, a social media button installed in my browser. So I, I use the buffer Chrome add-on to share things. And I never use um, social media buttons on actual sites. But that being said, there is probably a lot of advantages to actually using those social media things. I think a lot of visitors, you know, maybe aren't as tech savvy and won't have those plugins installed on their browser. So Yeah. I think one of the arguments in favor of not having social media buttons was that if something is good enough for you to share, you might be willing to go the extra mile to put it into you know, Twitter or something like that. Um, not sure about that. The other thing, of course, is if you get no social shares at all, you're probably better off not having a social sharing plugin because otherwise people are going to see you know, zero retweets and one Facebook share. And it's probably not going to encourage them to maybe even read the entire post. Maybe, maybe they're just going to ignore your content because of that. Yeah, the, the other issue is the load time. The more buttons you have for external services, the more it's going to impact your page speed. Okay. Next thing on our list is contact form. So pretty much every blog and website needs a contact form. And some themes have built-in contact forms, but they're usually not really good. So there's two plugins here. One of them is Ninja Forms. The other one is Gravity Forms. So both are fairly similar. Ninja Forms is a basic plugin that you can get for free. And if you want to do some advanced functionality, you have to pay for extensions. And as I mentioned in the intro, I'm actually developing the Zapier Ninja Forms in the creation 
right now. While Gravity Forms is paid, but it's also, it's a really good and really solid plugin. Um, you're a big fan of Gravity Forms, right, Doug? Yeah, the more features you use, the more cost-effective Gravity Forms is going to be because you don't have to pay for separate extensions if you have the developer license. Whereas Ninja Forms, if you're buying the extensions separately, then they can start to add up. Absolutely. So I think uh, when comparing those two plugins, you really have to look at what you want to accomplish. And it might actually be the case that the Gravity Form developer's license for, what is it, like $100 or so, might be cheaper yeah. than getting Ninja Forms plus five custom extensions. I believe it's about $200 for the license and then $100 okay. per year to renew it. Uh, okay. Whereas Ninja Forms is less expensive if you're only using you know, one or two extensions. Yeah. Or if you don't use any, because it, it might be the case that that's good enough for you. Yeah. Either way, both plugins are really, really good and we recommend both of them. So the next type of plugin we're going to talk about is analytics. And we both recommend the Google Analytics for WordPress plugin by Yoast. It's pretty simple to use and it's free. So... Essentially, what it does is it allows you to add your Google Analytics tracking code to your website without having to hack into the theme code. And there's some other options where you can choose to exclude logged-in users and set up outbound tracking and stuff like that. Yeah, it's actually a pretty um, powerful plugin. Uh, I think one disadvantage is, at least the last time I checked, um, the Yoast plugin only supported the old Google Analytics tracking code, but not Google Universal Analytics. So I would assume, though, that at some point they're going to change that, and then they're also going to allow the latest form of tracking. And, of course, if you're like a power user of Google Analytics and other tracking tools, it might make sense to look into Google Tag Manager, but that's pretty complicated and out of the scope of this episode. So the next plugin we're going to talk about is also by Yoast, and it's WordPress SEO. And this is kind of the uh, default or go-to SEO plugin for WordPress that I think most people know about. Yeah, I, I think so as well. The other one that's pretty good is the all-in-one SEO, which I think I used that like four or five years ago, and then the Yoast plugin was kind of up and coming, and now I don't even look at the other plugins anymore. The Yoast plugin is pretty easy to use, and it adds a couple of cool SEO features to your site. It still is really powerful. It has tons of customization features, and if you want to do some advanced things like some local SEO or some video SEO, you can also like purchase some paid extensions as well, if you've got some advanced use cases. Next on our list is security plugins. And one plugin that I install every site and that a lot of hosts make you install by default is limit login attempt. And that, you know, limits the number of times somebody can try to log into your site. And that's going to protect you from a brute force um, password hacking attempt. So two other plugins that uh, do a bit more with security are called Better WP Security and WordFence. Uh, these are both fairly popular plugins, and they give you a lot, a lot more options than just limiting login attempts. But the disadvantage is that you do have a lot of options to set up, and you to edit your HD access file. So you have to know a little bit more about what you're doing if you're going to mess with these plugins. So would you recommend them for every site? Maybe not every site. If you're using managed hosting, you probably don't need to use these plugins. You may not even be able to activate them. Sometimes they're on, on blacklists for managed hosts because they may conflict with some configuration settings that they have. 
but if you're on a shared host, I would definitely recommend uh, one of these two plugins. Uh, you don't want to install both of them because they're probably going to conflict with each other. Any preference if you would have to choose one of those two? I have more experience with better WP security. I know a lot of people recommend WordFence. I haven't used it as much. It seems to be pretty similar in what it does. The last time I checked, better WP security had more options. Mm -hmm. But this may be a disadvantage to some people. That's true. Cool. So let's move on to backups. And one plugin that I've been installing on most of my sites, especially on the shared hosted sites, is called WordPress Backup to Dropbox. And it's really simple and does exactly what it says. It backs up your WordPress site to Dropbox, you know, every day or once a week or whatever you set it to. So a plugin I use is called BackWPUp. And it's a bit of a heavier plugin. There's a lot more options and you can back up to different external sources. We're going to talk more about backups and plugins for backing up in the next episode, so we won't go into too much detail here. But if you are setting up a site, you definitely need to have some kind of backup system in place. Yeah, that makes sense. So next thing on our list is editing, and you've got a couple of recommendations here, Doug. One of the plugins that I mentioned in an earlier episode is called Black Studio Tiny MCE Widget which is a very long name for a plugin, which... That's quite a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it, it lets you use the visual editor in your widgets, whereas normally you're just limited to writing HTML in, in text widgets, and this gives you more options. So if you're not using sidebars or widgets, then you probably don't need this, but if you are, then it definitely makes it easier. Another one that I use is called Tiny MCE Advanced. And this one adds a bunch of buttons to your visual editor that aren't there by default in WordPress. So you can add things like tables and horizontal lines and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. So I haven't used any of those two plugins, but they definitely sound useful. One plugin that I'm using on some of my sites is called Preserved HTML Editor Markup. And basically what that does is... Sometimes there seem to be some bugs when you're switching between the Visivic text editor and the HTML editor that some line breaks or divs or paragraphs, you know, somehow seem to get removed. And this plugin seems to prevent this problem, at least from what I've seen so far. One thing to note, though, the plugin has not been updated in almost two years, so there might be a better solution for this out there. If you know a better solution, I would love to hear your comments. So the next plugin we're going to talk about is Simple 301 Redirects. And as you can guess from the name, it allows you to set up some redirects for your URLs on your website. And instead of using writing some code in your HTML access file or setting up a complicated plugin, you basically have two fields for each redirect, the originating URL and then the destination URL. So like its name, it's pretty simple. Some of the other nice things about it is that it allows for wildcards. So if you put a star, it will match any characters. So for example, if you want to match everything from within one directory, then you can do that. That's pretty good. Yeah. And there's also a plugin for bulk adding redirects. If you're switching from another plugin or you do a, a major change in your URL structure and you want to add uh, a lot of redirects from, you know, from an Excel file or CSV, then you can do that using this other add-on. 
Nice. And just as a note, I think you can also add 301 redirects using the Yoast SEO plugin. So if you don't need a lot of redirects, only like one or two, so you can create the page with that URL slug and then go to the advanced Yoast settings and set it up there as well. So, so in that case, you don't need to install an extra plugin. But I've, I've used simple 301 redirects as well in the past, and it's a really good solid plugin. So the next type of plugin we're going to talk about is for handling custom styling and functions. So one that I use for pretty much every site is called My Custom CSS. And this one we also mentioned in an earlier episode. Basically, what it allows you to do is to apply custom CSS to your website without modifying your theme files. What I've been doing on some of my sites is instead of similarly as with the CSS, instead of adding my custom PHP functions into the themes functions.php file, I would create a plugin that just a really simple, basic plugin that contains one single file of PHP, which is just called something like, you know, custom functions for wpcast.fm or something like that. And I would basically drop all of my custom PHP in there instead of the theme. And the reason for that is that if you change the theme, then those customizations are not going to disappear and break. So you're just a more a theme agnostic when you add CSS and PHP to external files instead of just dropping them into your theme. All right, so now we'll move on to the tips and tricks section. David, what do you have this week? So I've got both a WordPress plugin and a corresponding software as a service application that is called Mailgun. And it's pretty similar to some of the other services such as uh, Mandrill or SendGrid, if you've heard of them. Basically what it does is it lets you send transactional emails through that services servers instead of through your own. And where this is really useful is if you're sending any kind of emails from your WordPress site to users or customers. So for example, if you're using WooCommerce or easy digital downloads, or you've got some kind of membership area where you send welcome emails automatically from WordPress to your users that sign up, you want to use some external mail server instead of using your WordPress site because the deliverability is just going to be so much better. So I'm using Mailgun for that. It's really, really cheap, or I think it's actually free. I think you can send up to 10,000 or so emails per month for free. So if all you're doing is send order confirmation emails, you can send a lot of order confirmation emails before you have to pay anything. And even once you start to pay, it's really, really cheap. It's only a couple of dollars or so. So I would highly recommend that. Yeah, I think this is really useful. I've had a lot of issues with email deliverability from WordPress. So this is something I definitely want to add on to my site. So my tip for this week is called Reportive. Basically, this is an add-on for Gmail or Google Apps. And what it does is it shows you some more information about who you're emailing with, some contact information, their photo, social links like Twitter and LinkedIn. And I think this is owned by LinkedIn. Mm. So they pay particular attention to uh, your LinkedIn profile. That's cool. Yeah, so I've been using Reportive, I think, for like four years or so, ever since it came out, and I'm loving it. I would highly recommend it as well. Cool. So that's it for this week's episode. You can leave a comment or find show notes at wpcast.fm slash plugins, and we will include links to everything that we've talked about here in those show notes. You can also leave a speak pipe message as we mentioned in the intro 
If you like this episode, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.